Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BizFluencer podcast. I'm your host, Donata White. I am a social media and content marketing expert. I'm also the CEO of Coffee Date Media. We're a content production and social media marketing agency here in North Carolina. And today, we're talking about the big question, especially in my field of work. Is social media bad for us? So the reason I want to have this conversation is because 10 years ago, when I was in college, I'm just dating myself, but 10 years ago, Social media was brand new. Not a ton of people were on it. It wasn't as pervasive a part of our lives as it is now. Smartphones had just become a thing a few years prior and it wasn't like everybody was constantly carrying around a way to connect with anybody across the world like they are today. Now, it is less common for somebody to not have a social media account than it is for them to have a social media account. So we're in a completely different position. Studies have shown that it's having an effect, especially on adolescents and young adults, but it is having an effect on people and that effect is not always positive. So I wanted to go through how social media can affect you. I wanted to point out certain thought patterns that can become pervasive if unchecked. And I wanted to also give you some ways to handle or reframe those thought patterns to actually turn social media into a positive in your life instead of something that feels more like an addiction than a choice. Now, first things first, social media can actually become addictive because of the way our brains are wired. And listen, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I may get some of this wrong, but it is my understanding that we have something called dopamine in our brains. This is something we've all heard of. And rather than being a happy hormone like serotonin, dopamine is a seeking and finding sort of deal. Meaning you get a dopamine hit when you've been looking for something and then you find it. When you find it is the moment that the dopamine is released and that feels good and therefore your brain starts the cycle all over again. Now, this may have been good back in the caveman days when we were searching for fruit on a tree or searching for something to eat out in the woods. But now that we have social media in our pockets at all times, we have these wonderful little devices that are connected to the entire internet and the entire world at our disposal at all times. The issue is that we can overuse that mechanism and actually become addicted to it. And here's how it works. When you're scrolling for social media, you may just be scrolling out of boredom, that's what most of us do, or you scroll out of habit. And the way this habit is formed is you start scrolling and your brain is looking for something interesting, something to catch its attention. As soon as it finds it, it goes, oh wow, this is great. And you may enjoy that post, but then immediately after, you start that cycle again. So after you get that hit from finding what it is you were looking for, which is something interesting to look at on the internet, your brain starts the cycle again. And this is how you get caught in a cycle of scrolling through your feed on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling mindlessly for hours because you are feeding that mechanism inside your brain without actually consciously thinking about what you're doing. You can scroll for hours and you may not remember a single thing that you saw the entire time because you were using sort of a more primitive part of your brain that entire time. You were just looking for something to give you that dopamine hit and bam, you got it and then you started the cycle all over again. So from a physical perspective on the inside of your brain, it is my understanding that social media can become addictive. Never mind that there are other factors that contribute to our 
dependence on social media. This past year, we've all been stuck inside or stuck away from the people that we might normally socialize with face-to-face. So we were dependent on social media to maintain those connections. We were dependent on our smartphones to connect with people because we were all stuck in our houses. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think that's quite a great thing that we were able to have social media to assist us and help us do that. The problem comes in when we don't break the habit after this whole thing is over. The problem comes in when we think that connecting with people on social media is the exact same as connecting with people in person, and it is not. There are many, many reasons why connecting with people physically face-to-face is something that we as humans need. We don't just need the abstract connection of you and another person thinking of each other at the same time. We actually need physical proximity in order to fulfill our social needs as human beings. That as a human animal, that is something that we need. And because social media is so habit forming, it's so addictive, and because we rely so heavily upon it, I mean, the average adult uses social media for hours a day. I want to say it's two to three hours a day at least. And adolescents and young adults actually use it even more than that, up to seven to nine hours a day, I think. If social media has not replaced television as our main form of media consumption as Americans, if not as global citizens, I would be surprised. But even if television is still our main form of media consumption, social media is not far behind. Now, in and of itself, again, that's not a bad thing because at least with social media, you are connecting with people that you know in real life, perhaps, or people that you've had a conversation with. Whereas with television or movies or radio or something like that, it's a one-way street, meaning the media comes to you, but there's no way for you to interact with it. So I actually think social media is a better form of media consumption than just mindlessly consuming television or movies. Again, the problem comes in when we start depending on social media in order to maintain our social lives instead of seeing people in person. And again, this past year, that was not really a choice that we had, but one day we'll have the choice. And I encourage you to actually see human beings in real life. The problem comes in because in the past, people may have consumed as much media, as many hours of media as they do today, meaning they may have come home from work, eaten dinner, and then sat in front of the television until bedtime, consuming hours and hours of television per day. Television can be a highlight reel, right? You're watching stories of other beautiful people doing beautiful people things, falling in love, going on adventures. You know, there's reality television, which is a whole other thing. Again, beautiful people doing crazy things, but you don't know them. So you're not necessarily comparing yourself to them in the same way you would if you knew the person. On social media, you know the people. And because everyone on social media is a content creator, to some degree, your friends, coworkers, neighbors, acquaintances, people you know in real life, have seen in real life, can make a connection with between your real life experience and what you're seeing on the screen. Those people are creating content and they're creating their own highlight reels. So it now becomes a situation where you are comparing yourself to somebody else you actually know. Instead of thinking, oh, that's a movie star, they're special, That's not something that a normal person is like. When it's somebody on a movie screen or on television, you're not necessarily so apt to compare yourself to them because we put them kind of in a different category than we do the girl next door or the guy next door or the woman in the next office over. 
But when you know that person and you see on social media that they're going on beautiful vacations or they got a new handbag or a new car or their hair looks fantastic or, oh my gosh, it looks like they lost weight and they have fancy clothes and fancy this and fancy that and they're moving into a new house, that is a recipe for comparison and that can have some pretty devastating psychological effects, especially for young people who have been in this world since they were born, basically, and have no other frame of reference for how to interact with people. I am in a generation that remembers interacting with other human beings prior to social media being around. People younger than me are not in that same position. And it is really, really difficult to separate what is real and what is fake when you are seeing somebody you know in real life do things that you wish you could do, and then you start comparing yourself. And that can cause all kinds of problems like Feelings of inadequacy. This is something that a lot of young people and a lot of you know older people struggle with. Even if you know what you're seeing on social media is not real. Being immersed in that world and seeing image after image after image after image of perfect this and perfect that, photoshopped this and edited that can make you feel very inadequate about your life. While we know consciously that people share edited images, they share only the highlights, when you're surrounded by it, it feels real. It doesn't feel fake, even though in our heads we know it's fake. Heavy, heavy social media use can also cause a degree of FOMO because you're seeing all these wonderful people doing all these wonderful things and you're sitting at home in your pajamas, drinking coffee and eating donuts or whatever it is you're doing on a Saturday morning while you're seeing so-and-so on the beach. Again, it's one person taking their one vacation a year, but when you see image after image after image of people taking vacations and people going shopping and people going on international flights, I mean, hopefully not anymore, <laughs> hopefully not in the last year or so, but people going here, people going there, doing this, doing that, while you are immersed in your own reality of that not being the case for you, it can make you feel like you're missing out on stuff and that doesn't feel good. Fear of missing out can also make you check your phone more often. If you are worried about missing a comment, missing a message, missing a like, missing something, you're more likely to grab your phone and compulsively check it. And that again, feeds into that dopamine hit situation where you're compulsively checking your phone, looking and looking and looking for likes or messages or comments that are not there. A study at the University of Pennsylvania also found that high usage of Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram increases the feeling of loneliness rather than decreases it. As connected as we are to people on social media, you can actually feel more lonely when using social media than if you stop using social media for a little bit. Finally, it is no secret that we are seeing higher and higher numbers of depression and anxiety, particularly among young people, adolescents and young adults. And some of that may be due to heavy social media use. All of these negative feelings that social media can cause, isolation, fear of missing out, comparison, those don't feel good. And when you combine that with a situation where you are consuming massive amounts of information, humans today absorb so much more information than they did 20 years ago, 30 years ago because of the internet, because of the fact that we are holding computers strong enough to land a rocket on the moon in our pockets all day long, we are consuming five, 10, 20 times the amount, the number of pieces of information per day than our brains are evolved to do. That causes stress. Combine that with a high stress work environment that most of us are in considering you know, the economy being the way it is and 
people's finances being the way they are. That is just a recipe for mental health disaster. And if we don't get a handle on how to use social media productively and in a way that makes us happy and feels good, that can be a real problem. Now, none of that is to say that social media is dangerous or terrible for you and you shouldn't use it. If everybody stopped using social media, I would not have a job. <laughs> so of course, I do not want you to stop using social media, but I think there is a way to use social media the right way that is healthy and productive and fun and social and connective rather than feeling negative and addictive. At Coffee Date Media, we believe there is a right way and a wrong way to market on social media. There is a way to do it where you're playing on these negative feelings that are caused by being on social media. People on social media market to social media users and play on the very feelings that the platform encourages. It is a sick, twisted cycle. The more you're on social media, the more negative you can feel if you don't get a handle on it. And then you see messages from people marketing to you that are meant to trigger and play on those feelings. It's a cycle and it gets worse and worse. And I don't think that's an ethical way to market on social media. The way we like to do it is we position our clients as educators, as experts, as somebody who's positive and fun and helpful. We like to create community and connection with our clients' social media accounts. And that to me is a much more positive and a much better way to market products or services on social media. Because when people feel positive, they're gonna feel better about their purchasing decisions because it's gonna be something that makes them feel good. It's gonna be something that makes them feel like part of a community, a part of a movement. So that's how we like to do things. Not everybody likes to do things that way. Some influencers position themselves as educators. Some people position themselves as role models that if you don't look like me, you're probably not cool. <laughs> I mean, there's two types of influencers out there and there's a whole spectrum in between. To me, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. We don't like to do it the way that triggers those feelings on social because I think that if you do that too much, not only are you gonna push people away from social media, which again, puts me out of a job and puts my whole team out of a job, which we do not want, but you're also contributing to a massive mental health crisis that we are having right now. Now, not everybody has severe mental health issues, but all of us have something that we need to work on. And if you are actively triggering these feelings, I think you've, you need to take a look at yourself and what you're doing in your life. So let's turn this conversation from something negative to something positive, because there is a wonderful way to use social media. Again, this is how we like to do things. And I think that if you do things this way, social media will immediately start to feel better. The first thing is don't go into social media thinking, what can I get out of it? Or, oh, what is so-and-so doing? Don't try to be taking from social media. Instead, think about what you can give to social media. And whether you're selling a product or service or whether you're just a social media user who uses it to be social and you want it to feel like fun again, instead of thinking about what you're getting from social, who am I following? What are they doing? Who can I check up on? How many likes am I getting? How many comments or messages am I getting? Stop thinking about what you're getting. Instead, think about what you're gonna give to the users on the social media platform. What are you gonna give to your audience today? Is it a funny joke, a little bit of encouragement, a beautiful photo, a picture of your dog? It can be something small. It doesn't need to be the cure for some disease or the solution for world peace, right? This can be very, very simple. But when you approach social media from a giving perspective, you are less worried about what other people are doing on the platform and more worried about how you can make the platform a better place. And I think if we all start from there, 
the change would be drastic and immediate. But since we can't control everybody on the whole platform, we can't control billions of users, you can only control yourself. So you approach social media from a giving perspective rather than from a taking perspective. And I think that's step one. The second thing is to mentally put social media in its place. Social media has a sneaky way of pretending to be real life and confusing itself for real life. Social media is not real life. And I think we need to be more intentional about separating mentally what is real life and what is this fun space called social media that we occasionally engage in and give to. And I think that mental shift will have a huge difference. What is your real life versus what is your social media playground? Social media is not real life. It is a distorted representation of what other people want you to know about their real life or their fake life. Let's be honest, not everybody is being honest on social media, but you have a real life. You have a life that you are living right now. And a lot of that life is not on social media. Your relationships with your friends and family, your relationships with your pets, going outside and breathing fresh air, your exercise, your food, enjoying your real world hobbies, None of that is on social media and none of it has to be put on social media. You have my full permission to keep parts of your life off of social media just to maintain that boundary. Just because you use Instagram or you use Facebook or YouTube or whatever it is, doesn't mean you have to post everything about your life on that platform. If you wanna post on Instagram about all the yummy recipes you make in your kitchen, that doesn't mean you have to reveal anything about what you do on the weekends or your relationship with your significant other. You have permission and in fact, my encouragement to keep whole portions of your life separate and apart from social media so that you can more easily make the distinction between what is real life and what am I doing on social media right now? To me, it's like playing a video game, an RPG where you are the main character, right? While you're in the game, you're the main character. But when you turn that game off, you don't really feel like the main character anymore. And to me, that's how social media should feel. When you're on social media, you're the person that you are on social media and you're interacting in that way. But when you're off social media, you have a whole life separate from that. We're really good at it when it's video games because when you physically put the controller down, you're done. But we never physically put our phones down. They're always with us. They're always next to us. They're always within arm's reach and they're easy to pick up and put down very, very quickly. Unlike a video game where you have to be sitting in front of a television or a computer and actually playing the game. But when you're playing the game of social media, you should be having fun. And when you put it down, it shouldn't take over the rest of your life. So if we can have that sort of video game approach of social media being a part of my real life and something that I do for fun, but not something that takes over the rest of my life, I think that'll be an improvement. And finally, I think setting boundaries around your social media usage is really, really important. And maybe next episode, we'll go into how to do a social media detox where you actually decompress from social media entirely before re-entering the social media world with a new perspective. So I think that would be a great next episode. Try to set some boundaries around your use of social media. Are there certain hours of the day where you're not going to use social, where you're not gonna pick up your phone. I mean, heck, put boundaries around your phone. That would solve a lot of the world's problems if people put boundaries around when they're gonna use their phones. When are you going to intentionally use social media? Don't pick it up mindlessly. What part of the day or when are you going to actually use social media? And are you using social media or are you just kind of immersing yourself in it mindlessly? Because those are two different things. 
using social media means checking in with your friends, checking in to see if any of your favorite accounts have given you something to learn from or be inspired by, to leave comments and encouragement on other people's profiles. That is intentionally using social media. Scrolling social media or just being on social media is something different. That's when you just dive into the social media waters and you don't know what you're intending to find or what you even want to do there. And when you're in the social media water, all kinds of things are floating around you and any one of them can touch you at any time. You're not really using social media at that point. You're just on social media. So to set a boundary around it, when are you actually going to intentionally use social media? Be honest with yourself about how long that's going to take you And when you're done, you're done. Put it down. Stop scrolling just to scroll because you don't know what else to do. It's okay to be bored. It's okay to sit with yourself. It's okay to have hobbies that are totally for you and outside the realm of social media. Another boundary that I encourage you to set on social is to unfollow or mute accounts that trigger these negative feelings. Even if you like the person in real life, even if you like the account, even if you want to still follow them and check in with them occasionally, if you're finding that someone's profile or someone's content is triggering for you, it is time to stop seeing that content regularly. Do a clean out. You should only be seeing things that make you feel positive or give you something that you can use in real life. You should not be on social media surrounded by people and by messages that make you feel like crap. Somebody could be the nicest person in the world, but if what they post online makes you feel less than, makes you feel inadequate, makes you feel like you're missing out, it's time to stop following them. Keep up with them another way. If it's somebody you know in real life and you wanna have a relationship with them, have a relationship with them outside of social media. You do not have to follow everyone you know on Instagram. If something you're seeing on the platform is making you feel icky, it's time to hit the unfollow button or at least temporarily mute the person until you get a better handle on how to use social intentionally. So set boundaries around your time, set boundaries around what content you will see. Your social media profiles are your party. And as the host of your party, you're allowed to create the guest list and invite whoever you want. So if something or somebody on social media is making you feel gross, it's time to uninvite them from the party. So set boundaries around the time and when you're going to use social media intentionally, set boundaries around what you're going to allow onto your feed, what you're going to allow to hit your eyeballs, and also set boundaries for yourself around what you are going to share on social. Because like I said, just because you're a participant in social media doesn't mean you have to share everything. If you are a parent, you and your co-parent or co-parents need to sit down and figure out what boundaries you're going to put around social media for your children. And that means their usage and also your posting of them or about them on social media. There needs to be boundaries around that as well. Just because you're on social doesn't mean you need to post everything that comes to mind, everything that happens in your life, every little vulnerability, every little thought that comes in your head. It is not one of the terms and conditions of Instagram that you post everything in your whole life. That being said, my phone is probably listening to this conversation right now and I'm probably gonna get some sort of weird ads later talking about social media and boundaries and mental health. But (laughs) joking aside, those boundaries are gonna be really important for you to create that separation between yourself and your online self, that separation between your life and your social media life because they are two different things. And I think those mental shifts are going to really help you create the separation that's needed in order to have a fresh, healthy perspective on social media. Now, this is something we're all still working on. These tips are not something that I'm great at personally implementing all the time, but I know that to have a healthy relationship with my job, 
to have a healthy relationship with social media, with others that I interact with on social media, I need to put these measures in place in order to keep social media separate from my self as a person and from my life as a human being. And it can be hard because again, social media makes you feel like if you're not on it for five minutes, you're gonna miss everything in the whole world. But that's not the case. Now, because it can be so hard, but so, so liberating, I think in the next episode, we'll probably talk about doing a social media detox and doing it properly. Now, don't worry, this doesn't mean going no contact with everybody on your phone contacts list, but it does mean taking a break from social media and returning afterward with a fresh perspective and a positive, intentional way of using social media that does not cause all of these negative problems that we talked about in the beginning of the episode. So I think that the answer to our big question for today is that no, social media is not inherently bad for us, but if we don't use it properly, if we don't use it in a healthy, intentional way, we can really cause some issues based on how the human brain works. It really doesn't gel sometimes with how social media operates. And if we aren't intentional about it, we can fall into some pretty negative effects. But by setting those boundaries and by showing up in a giving spirit on social media, I think that's a great start. And another great way to start is going to be doing a social media detox, which we will talk about next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the BizFluencer podcast. If you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to this channel so that way you don't miss a single episode of the podcast or any of the other videos I release throughout the week. Thanks again so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.